Uh, I'll start first with uh, with the subject of, of Hitler. Uh, I was asked whether Hitler was in heaven, and I immediately said that he was. I'd like to kind of clarify that a little bit. Uh, Hitler is in heaven if you are seated in heavenly places, and if you have the eyes of faith to see that when Jesus said, it is finished, he, it literally is finished. In faith, uh, the, the seed was set in motion, and as sure as Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all mankind unto myself, you can bank on that. All mankind will be drawn unto Jesus Christ. Is Hitler in heaven now? Probably not. He's probably in Sheol awaiting a resurrection. And what happens in that period, uh, in this short segment, I don't want to get into. But, uh, but many people are, are shocked when I say that, that Hitler is, is going to eventually be restored back to God. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Dr. Wallace was shocked because he believes himself that people can be saved after the grave. And he himself has acknowledged that Hitler can repent on the other side of the grave. Now, think about it. A man like Hitler, who did the terrible evil things on this earth and is now in, uh, in, in not a very nice place, perhaps, if Jesus gave him the opportunity, do you want to be eternally separated from me uh, and live in, in godlessness, in, in goodlessness, and so on and so forth, or do you want to be with me? Uh, what do you think Hitler's going to choose? So I think Dr. Walls was really on my side, so to speak, when it comes to the fact that there is hope for Hitler. And as far as I'm concerned, not only is there hope, I believe the scriptures make it abundantly clear that, Jesus, that Hitler is going to be uh, where the rest of us uh, are going to be in the arms of Jesus Christ. Um, what I should have said if I had... Uh, had, had it to do over again, I would have responded to uh, that question. Uh, if you tell me where the six million Jews that Hitler killed are and where people like Gandhi are, I'll tell you where Hitler is. Because according to the traditional view, those six million Jews who rejected Christ and Gandhi, who was not a Christian when he died, according to the traditional view, they are right now either in eternal separation from God from eternally separated from goodness, um, or they're in a literal lake of fire with literal bodies being tormented day and night forever and ever in the lake of fire. That's, those are the two traditional models that are going right now, and neither one of them really stand very strongly for the justice and the holiness and the righteousness and the mercy of a God who came to this earth and died for his enemies. So I wanted to clear the, the Hitler uh, issue away first. Hitler uh, will be restored as every sinner. Hitler was a sinner, no doubt about it. But show me one person on this earth who wasn't a sinner. Show me one person on this earth who got to heaven apart from grace. We all need grace, every single one of us, in order to attain eternal life. Another point that Dr. Jerry Walls made is that, that hell, the traditional uh, model of hell, has always been a teaching from the beginning of Christ to today. It's been a teaching of the church. That's simply not true. Uh, the early church did not teach the kind of concept of hell that the church taught in the Dark Ages, nor in the Reformation, nor in 
modern contemporary evangelicalism. This teaching of hell that we have today, where did it come from? It originated from senators, Roman senators and Greek senators and Egyptian uh, princes and kings who used the, the concept of everlasting punishment on the other side of the grave to hold people in check. They used it as a means of power to hold people in fear and to keep them in ignorance. And on the Tentmaker website and on the whatthehellishell.com website, you'll see the, the, uh, the, the uh, URLs for that on the screen there. If you go to those sources, you'll d discover several quotes from the early ancient philosophers and poets, and they will tell you who invented the concept of hell. Powerful men you hold, using the concept of fear to hold people in uh, in check, they are the ones who invented the concept of hell. The early Jews, the Jews of the Bible, they never taught it. You'll never find hell in the Old Testament in any new translations today. And the early church fathers didn't teach it, and neither did Jesus or his apostles. Now, I'm going to quote from some church, Orthodox church historians, and out of their own mouth, they will tell you what the early church taught. This comes from a booklet that I wrote, The Early Christian View of the Savior, and I'll quote a few uh, traditional historians and scholars, and you decide from their own words what the early church taught. The great historian Giesler writes, The belief in the inalienable capacity of improvement in all rational beings and the limited duration of future punishment was so general even in the West and among the opponents of Origen that it seems entirely independent of his system. You see, Origen is accused very often by traditional theologians as the inventor of apocatastasis, that is, the restoration of all things. You're going to find out that Origen was not the inventor of it, that uh, his teachers taught it, and they learned it from the apostles, and they learned it from Paul, and they learned it from the prophets of the Old Testament. They didn't get this concept from paganism. Pagans taught eternal torment. The Jews did not teach eternal torment, and the early Christians who were Jews, they didn't teach eternal torment and hell either. The German theologian and historian Johann Christoph Döderling writes, In proportion as any man was eminent in learning in Christian antiquity, the more did he cherish and defend the hope of the termination of future torments. Professor and historian Henry McNutt Oxenham informs us that the doctrine of endless punishment was not believed at all by some of the holiest and earliest of the fathers and was not taught as an integral part of the Christian faith by any, even of those who believed it as an opinion. Historian Paff says, The ultimate restoration of the lost was an opinion held by very many Jewish teachers and some of the fathers. The famous Dittelmeier has this to say, Universalism in the fourth century drove its roots down deeply alike in the East and the West and had very many defenders. Roos writes, The doctrine of a general restoration of all rational creatures has been recommended by very many of the greatest thinkers of the ancient church and of modern times. A lot of people don't realize that many scholars today Carl uh, Barth, um, William Barclay, Westcott, and many other excellent scholars believe in the restoration of all things, apocatastasis. They don't believe in hell. 
The famous uh, world-renowned Neander has this to say, From two theological schools there went forth an opposition to the doctrine of everlasting punishment. The Encyclopedia of Religious Knowledge by Schaff and Herzog in 1908, in the tw- uh, 12th volume on page 96, we find this. In the first five or six centuries of Christianity, there were six theological schools, of which four, Alexandria, Antioch, Caesarea, and Edessa, were universalist. One, Ephesus, accepted conditional mortality. One, Carthage or Rome, taught endless punishment of the wicked. Other theological schools are mentioned as founded by universalists, but their actual doctrine on this subject was not known. And Dr. Jerry Walls, who is a professor who has been in seminary and teaches in in a seminary, informs us that that the church has taught hell from the beginning to the end. Uh, Here are church historians, orthodox church historians, who would beg to differ with Dr. Jerry Walls. I'd like to mention a few of the early church fathers and what they had to say about the general consensus of of the opinion of teaching in the first few centuries. So we've heard it from from, uh, present-day historians. Let's hear uh, some of the church leaders in in the early church and what they said was the teaching of their time. St. Basil, writing in the 4th century, has this to say. The mass of men, that is Christians, say that there is to be an end of punishment to those who are punished. St. Jerome, I know that most persons understand by the story of Nineveh and its king the ultimate forgiveness of the devil and all rational beings. Augustine, who was the one who basically perpetuated and injected the doctrine of endless punishment into the church, and put, I believe, plunged the church into the dark ages by his teaching. He had this to say about those who believed in universal salvation. There are very many, in the Latin it's imo quam plurimi, which can also be translated majority, who believe, who though not denying the holy scriptures, do not believe in endless torments. This is out of the mouth of the one who injected eternal torment and, and uh, basically insisted that the church teach eternal torment. Out of his own words, he acknowledges that it his, in his day, in the fourth century, the majority of Christians and the majority of church fathers and church leaders and pastors taught universal salvation. Now, Dr. Jerry Walls teaches a new version of hell a hell that that uh, that really surfaced and caught on about a hundred years ago. I think Dr. C. S. Lewis, I think was the, was the uh, the one who really catapulted this teaching uh, into mainstream evangelicalism, and it has caught on in the Roman Catholic Church too. That teaching is that those that are in hell went there by themselves, that God had nothing to do with it. God did not judge them there. They weren't there because of their wickedness. They were there because they rejected Jesus Christ. Um, And therefore, God gave them up to their their own uh, rebellion, and they're now in a place separate from God um, and everything that God is, all goodness. And they went there of their own accord. Now, 
that is the traditional evangelical and Catholic teaching. But I want you to understand, dear, dear viewer, this is not the traditional teaching of the church. The church taught that God was the judge, God was the military uh, uh, general, and that all unrighteous and wicked were going to be captured by him, judged by him on the great white throne, and thrown physically, literally, in a lake of fire, fire and brimstone to be tormented there day and night forever and ever. That's the teaching of the traditional church. Today, most modern evangelicals have sanitized that hell and have uh, changed to a political correct kind of a hell and made it much more palatable. But it still makes God a failure. It still makes him a loser. According to the Bible, Jesus takes, leaves the 99 to find the one lost. But according to modern evangelicalism, Jesus loses the 99 and one happens to decide to follow Jesus uh, and, uh, and, and finds their way in, into heaven. But here is what the, the traditional church from the Dark Ages, from about the 6th century on to the Reformation, and right through the Reformation, the early Reformators taught is, is, is fiery a judge, an angry ju a God, as did the Roman Catholics and the Greek Orthodox Church. I'll quote, and this is what the traditional model of hell was like. These people that I'm quoting, these are leaders. These are not oddball theologians that have got an axe to grind or just mean. This is the, the, the cream of what Roman Catholicism and, uh, and Christianity, Protestantism, has had to say on the subject of hell and who goes there and, and the view that they've had on this subject. St. Thomas Aquinas, that the saints may enjoy their beatitude more thoroughly and give more abundant thanks to God for it. A perfect sight of punishment of the damned is granted them. Now, Dr. Walls says that, uh, that these people will be isolated and separated into their own, uh, godless, uh, own godlessness and God will not.